Hi, this is Pastor Jones from Wesley Amazon Church. We're grateful and thankful that you joined us today, and we've got a word in store for you, a word that will bless you, a word that will stir you to be a better witness for God. We've got a word today that helps us. As we talked about on last week, we had a word that said that ministries can sometimes become monsters. Well, today we want to talk about how to monster-proof your ministry. Let's go into the message. And the wonders of his love. Amen. Amen. First, giving honor to our Lord and Savior, Jesus, who is the Christ, and to our Heavenly Father, the best thing that ever happened to me, and I'm sure is the best thing that ever happened to you. Amen. And to Bishop Darrell B. Starnes, and to his lovely missionary supervisor, Sister Camille Starnes, and to all of the officers and the clergy of the Wesley AME Zion Church and the officers and the members. I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. We are looking at a passage of scripture which we looked at on last week. And as we looked at that passage of scripture on last week, we shared from the subject of when ministry becomes a monster, when ministry becomes a monster, amen. And we want to look at the same passage of scripture this week. However, I want to focus on verses 20 through 23. Last week, our focus was on verses 18 and 19, but this week we want to focus on 20 through 23 of the book of Jude, amen. And from the New Living Translation, it reads, But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and wait for and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourselves safe in God's love. And you must show mercy to those who, whose faith is wavering. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy to steal others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. Amen. Amen. Today I want to share from the subject of Monster proofing the ministry. Monster proofing the ministry. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we thank you for another day. We thank you, God, that you continue to bless us. We thank you, God, that you continue to be active in our lives. But we pray now, God, that you would open us up and allow us, oh God, to experience you at a greater level today. We pray for your Holy Spirit, oh God, to minister to each and every one of us. Pour out your spirit upon this place today, oh Lord. And God, we pray that you would fill me afresh and anoint me afresh, O oh God, with your spirit's power. And then, God, I pray that you would open our ears and help us to listen. Open our eyes, for we want to see Jesus. Then open our hearts that we might receive him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the blessed Holy Ghost. Amen. Monster proofing the ministry. Amen. On last week, we talked about what happens when we do things in ministry in a certain way or we do them in a manner which is not 
in line with God's will or God's word. And we wind up becoming a monster. And we talked about being a monster means that you are usually hurting someone. You're causing damage or detriment in somebody's life. And the church does not want to become a monster. But we had to face the reality and have an understanding and know that there have been times that the church has been a monster. The church has hurt people. And yes, it's the people in the church that have caused the pain at times. But when we looked at this book of Jude, we find that Jude, this epistle that he's written and he tried to in the beginning say that he wanted to write a good epistle. He wanted to write something encouraging because of the circumstances that were happening in the time around him. He said, but I've got to bring out some things. I've got to share some things. I've got to deal with some things. And he began to deal with some of the ills that had been happening or that were happening. And he brought up some of the things that had happened in the past in the Old Testament as examples. And then we look at the verses that we looked at on last week. And we saw that he was talking about the false teachers that had come into the church. He said false teachers that had crept in and began to minister within the church. But they actually were serving as monsters within the body of of Christ. You know, last week we talked about how when we operate from human passions that we could become a monster or that when we operated and caused divisions in the church that we would become a monster or when we operated from a worldly mindset that we could be in danger of becoming a monster instead of a ministry. The goal was to point out the things that we should not do. To point out the things that would cause us to become a monster instead of a ministry. And I pray that you took heed to what was shared on last week so that we are not operating from human passions and that we're not doing things that would divide the church and, and that we're not doing things from a worldly mindset so that we will not become a monster within the body of Christ. But when we look at our text before us today, I, I found a, another translation that, that said it a little differently. But if you let me read that for you, it says, Dear friends, use your most holy faith to grow. Pray with the Holy Spirit's help. Remain in God's love as you look for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to give you eternal life. Show mercy to those who have doubts. Save others by snatching them from the fire of hell. Show mercy to others, even though you are afraid you might be stained by their sinful lives. That translation to me kind of sums it up to what we are to do if we're going to monster proof the ministry. And one of the things we have to understand is this, the monster proof to monster proof the ministry we must nurture ourselves in the areas of spiritual growth while we're showing mercy to those who are struggling or lost. We must nurture ourselves in spiritual and areas of spiritual growth while we are showing mercy to those who are struggling or lost. Yes, when we think about the fact that there are people that are struggling, there are people that are going through. There are people who are dealing with things in life and there are some who are simply lost. They need mercy. 
they need to know that somebody is willing to look out for them, that somebody is willing to come alongside them and to be patient with them and to share with them. Well, the first thing that we've got to do if we're going to monster proof the ministry is we've got to nurture yourself. You've got to nurture yourself. That means that you've got to do the things necessary to promote growth in your life. Notice what the text tells us. It says, but dear friends, build your each other up in the most holy faith. You got to build up in the faith. We've got to build each other up in the faith. Amen. Building each other up in the faith, in your most holy faith. Build upon the foundation of our lives. And the foundation of our lives is faith. If you're a Christian, the basis of your foundation and the, and the foundation of your life is faith. Faith is built upon the word of God. And in fact, the Bible tells us that we are built upon faith. Our faith is built upon the word of God. It says without faith, it is impossible to please God. But faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And if faith comes by hearing the word of God, that means that we've got to expose ourselves to the word of God. We've got to read the word of God. We've got to listen to the word of God. We've got to expose ourselves to the word of God if we're going to build up ourselves in faith. You see, what we learn about God and Jesus helps us to develop faith. And every time we read the Bible, we're learning something about God the Father. Every time we read the Bible, we're learning something about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Even in a text like our Sunday school lesson this morning, we learned about God and we learned about Jesus. Even though they were never mentioned within the text, we've got to understand just because we're reading about other people within the narrative that we're reading, it still can show us a picture of God or a picture of Jesus Christ within the text. So don't just say, um, well, I'm, I'm tired of reading the Bible or, or I've read that over and over again. You can read the Bible from here to eternity and never get everything out of it because the growth comes when we expose ourselves to the word of God more and more. He says, build yourself up in your most holy faith. Your holy faith is that faith that is separated, that's set apart, it's different from the other faiths. Yet it is not the faith that is based on human opinion or speculation or even the human imagination of man. Holy faith is centered on the truth of God's word, what God has said and what God has promised. Yes, our faith, our holy faith is that faith that has been separated, that faith that has been set apart, that faith that is not like the faith of man. And when we understand that God intends for us to grow in our faith, then we will actually grow in our faith when we find ourselves operating in faith and when we find ourselves building ourselves up in faith. That's what he said. Build yourselves up, build each other up. And that happens when we get into the word of God. How can I build myself up if I'm not getting into the word of God? How can I build others up if I'm not getting into the word of God? It takes us getting into the word of God if we're going to build anything and anybody up. How do we know what people need unless we know what God has said about them? Amen. Dayan, you mentioned that some people have been calling you. It was an opportunity to build. 
It was an opportunity to encourage. It was an opportunity to strengthen. It was an opportunity for God to use you to pour into the life of some other people. It's to build people up, to build them. But we've got to begin to build in our most holy faith. And if we're going to monster proof the ministry, we've got to learn to build each other up as well as build ourselves up in the faith. And as we're building ourselves up in the faith and as we're building others up in the faith, our holy faith is centered on the truth of God's word. Yes, it's centered on the truth of God's word. False teachers don't want to teach or preach the truth of God's word. Amen. False teachers want to preach things that are tickling and tantalizing and things that will encourage you in self-motivation. Amen. But when we're talking about the true word of God, we've got to go by what God has said, what Jesus Christ has said, and not by our own human opinion. Yes, there's some words in the Bible that, that may not be pleasing to us, but nonetheless, we've got to follow them. There are some things that we read in the Bible and we may not just we may not like it, but nonetheless, we've got to follow and obey it. We can't pick and choose what word we want to follow. We, we can't pick and choose what word we want to hear. We got to make sure that we're hearing from God. And if we're hearing from God, we'll only hear the truth of God's word. We got to keep we got to keep from exposing ourselves to these false teachers and exposing ourselves to the ministry of false teachers. Hallelujah. Because it causes this like we saw on last week. It causes division and confusion in the church. Every day we must build ourselves up in faith. Every day we got to build ourselves up in our most holy faith. But it, do, it, stops, it doesn't stop there. We got to build ourselves up. We got to also pray in the spirit. Jude says when you're building and you pray, you can encourage and build up the church that it doesn't become a monster. We got to pray in the Holy Spirit. We ought to pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray under the guidance and the influence of the Holy Spirit. We seek and ask the Holy Spirit's help in order to come to God's throne. Amen. And, and, and don't get it twisted. This is not so much about speaking in a, a different tongue or an unknown language, but it's about depending on the Holy Spirit. When we pray, who are we depending upon? When we pray, sometimes we don't know what to pray for. Sometimes before we start our prayer, we need to ask the Holy Spirit. And, and I hear Reverend Cubberson say it all the time. Before she prays, I hear her sometimes say, Lord, teach me to pray. What she's doing is showing us that she's depending on the Holy Spirit. She's depending on the power and the influence of the Holy Spirit. Lord, teach me what to pray for. Lord, teach me how to pray. Teach me the right words to pray. Lord, teach me by the power and the inspiration of your Holy Spirit. If you ask, he'll do it. If you ask, he'll provide it. And the Holy Spirit will give us the direction that we need. The Holy Spirit can lead us. But understand that it's not in our power. But it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're showing that we're depending on the Holy Spirit. And if I'm depending on the Holy Spirit, I don't just depend upon the Holy Spirit to do things in my life. I don't just depend upon the Holy Spirit to cover things in my life. But I depend upon the Holy Spirit when I'm in prayer. 
When I'm in prayer, I depend upon the Holy Spirit. I depend upon the Holy Spirit to speak to me. I depend upon the Holy Spirit to bring me in remembrance of what the word of God has told me or what the word of God says. But if I'm not putting myself in dependence upon the Holy Spirit, don't be surprised when your prayer life is not as effective as you want it to be. But if we're going to monster proof the ministry, we've got to build ourselves up in the most holy faith and we've got to pray in the spirit. But not only do we do those things, we got to make sure as well that we keep yourselves in the love of God. He says you got to build yourself up in your most holy faith. You've got to pray in the spirit and then you've got to keep yourself in the love of God. Now, don't get caught up here thinking, oh, I can do this under my own strength and my own power. That's not what the text is telling us. What the text is telling us is that we've got to make sure that we are depending and understand that our salvation depends upon God and God alone. Amen. We're, we're clear on that, right? Everybody understands that my salvation depends upon God and God alone. Amen. I exercise faith in what God has already done. There's nothing that I can do. Hallelujah. And I'm glad it didn't depend on me, but it depended on God. But because we have to keep ourselves in the love of God, this passage is saying that our salvation depends not on human effort, but rather on love for Christ and love for God and the faith and obedience to God. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says, if I love the Lord, I'll keep his commandments. If I love the Lord, I'll do what he says. If I love the Lord, I'll follow the path that he lays. If, if I love the Lord, then and I'll obey him. That's how I keep myself in the love of God, by obeying what he says. And even that, it takes the power of the Holy Spirit to help me to do that. So when I keep myself in the love of God, it's talking about me living a life that's obedient to God and obedient to the power and inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And that way I can stay in the love of God. But John reminds us in his writings that we love God. If we love God, then we keep his commandments. If we love him, we keep his commandments. The question we have to ask ourselves is, do we love him? Do I love him enough to obey him? Do I love him enough to follow him without question? Do I love him enough to know that if I obey the word of God, if I obey the laws of God, then I'll find myself in the love of God. And Jude is telling us to stay plugged in. Stay plugged into God's love. Stay plugged into the love that God has, has shown us. And if we stay plugged into the love of God, then we'll find ourselves in that love of God. And we won't find ourselves leaving the love of God. And we won't become a monster in the ministry because we're keeping ourselves in the love of God. And that's because we're obeying the word of God. I don't think we understand how much obedience to God really affects our lives. Because if I'm disobedient to God, it may be display, it may be exposing something in me or something about me. But if I'm obedient to God and obedient to the word of God, it also shows and displays and, ex ex and exposes something about me because I am obedient to the word of God. And in fact, I had somebody on yesterday that I had a prior conversation with and they asked me what was my mindset about the discussion that we last had. And I told him that my mindset hadn't changed. I still believe the same way. Hallelujah. I, I didn't change. My mindset is still the same. 
I'm following what God has told me to do. I'm following what God has laid out for me and I'm not going to change and I'm not going to follow any other way because that's the best way. It's because I'm being obedient to God because I love him and because I love him, I'm going to keep following the way that he's laid out. Am I perfect at it? No, I'm not. But I'm striving every day to be more and more obedient to the word of God. I'm striving every day to be more and more of like the God wants me to be. But I know every now and then I struggle every now and then I may slip and make a mistake, but I'm quick, just like David. I'm quick to repent and get myself back together because I want to live pleasing before the Lord. I want to live a life that is pleasing in the eyes of the Lord. It's not about what man thinks about me, but it's what God thinks about me It's how God sees me. And I want to know that God know that God knows that I love him because I'm obedient to him. So when I think about being a monster in the church, if I stay in the love of God, it's difficult for me to be a monster in the church because I'll obey the word of God. I'll obey God himself. And then it tells us that we got to live in expectation. He says, not only do we build ourselves up in the most holy faith, that we pray in the spirit that we keep ourselves in the love of God, then we got to live in expectation to our Lord Jesus Christ. We got to live in expectation. Are we living in expectation? Are we waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ? Are we living with an expectant heart and an expectant mind? Am I living for eternity or am I just living for today? If I'm living for eternity, that means that I'm waiting on God to complete the work that he's set out to do. There's a work in each of us that God has set out to do and he's going to complete it. Are we waiting patiently for that? And it doesn't mean just sitting back with your arms folded either. It's an actively waiting. I keep worshiping while I'm waiting. I keep coming to church while I'm waiting. I keep believing while I'm waiting. I keep witnessing while I'm waiting. I keep sharing the gospel while I'm waiting. I keep doing all of these things while I'm waiting. I keep glorifying God while I'm waiting. I'm waiting with expectation because I do all of these things because I know someday God will come and with a shout in the air and he'll come and he'll redeem me back to his kingdom. And I know that one day I'll see him for myself face to face. That's why I do what I do because I know one day expectantly I'll see the Lord for myself and you too will see the Lord for yourself if you build yourself up in your most holy faith and if you keep on praying in the spirit and if you keep on living in and being in the love of God and you find yourself living in expectation when we're transformed into the image of perfection of our glorious King Christ Jesus then we will be in expectation we'll live in expectation and we'll experience what we've been expecting But don't just live, but live in expectation. But not only must we nurture ourselves, we've got to make sure that we also show mercy to others. Yes, we've got to make sure that we show mercy to others. When I look at verses 22 through 23, it tells me, and you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy still to to others still to others. But do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. When I think about what he's telling me there, showing mercy to others. Showing mercy to others. 
We can sometimes be some merciless people. Amen. We want mercy, but we don't often want to give mercy. Why should I want so much mercy, but I'm unwilling to give mercy? Why should I want mercy to be extended my way, but I'm unwilling to extend mercy to someone else? We first of all must understand and remember the mercy that was extended by God to us. Hallelujah. To give us something to hold back from us what we deserve. Amen. The Bible said the wages of sin is death. There should not be a soul in this room right now. Because we've all sinned. There shouldn't be a soul online right now because we've all sinned. And the wages of sin is death. Oh, my God. <laughs> but because of mercy. <laughs> hallelujah. By the mercies of God, we're here. By the mercies of God, we're here. And because God was merciful towards us. And because he told us that he wanted us to reflect him. He wants us to become in the image of his son, Jesus Christ, who was also merciful. Hallelujah. If we're going to exemplify the image of Christ, then that means we got to be people of mercy. We got to be people who show mercy. And notice what he says. He said, we got to, first of all, compassionately deal with doubts. We got to show mercy to those who are wavering in their faith. Those who are doubting. Those who may be a little confused. We got to show mercy. Because for some of us, one day that was us. We had some doubts about some things, but somebody came alongside of us and, and showed mercy and it helped clear up those doubts. For some of us, that, that meant that we were unsure about some things, but, but somebody had enough mercy and, and they were willing to have patience with us and, and come along and walk with us and disciple us to the point that we got a better understanding. But how is it that we think if there are some people out here are doubting that we're just supposed to leave them in their doubts? We're no better than the monster if we do that. We've got to make sure that we have a willingness to come along compassionately beside them and to help them to come to a better understanding. There are some of us who have been exposed to false teachings. And because we've been exposed to these false teachings... People have turned away from the faith or they struggle badly within the faith because they doubt the truth. There's a saying that a lie can go around the world before truth can put his boots on. And the thing is, if you look at Facebook, any other social media platform, why is it so hard for the positive stuff to spread? Why is it so hard for the positive stuff to go viral? Let somebody get beat up on Betis Ford Road. That will go viral in 10 minutes. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Let somebody get caught on camera praying for somebody on Betis Ford Road. You might get 12 views. Amen. Why is it so hard for the good things to go viral? We have a world that is built upon negativity. Everything now is negative, negative, negative. Everything now, the money is around what's negative. We have got to be about 
positivity. We've got to be about helping to clear up the doubts and the confusion that people have. We have a responsibility to reach those who are, are doubting. We have a responsibility to come alongside them. However, we must do it with compassion. And we do it not criticizing them, not judging them, or not harshly. But we do it with love and compassion. We show them the same mercy that God showed us. And we deal with their doubts compassionately. It's one thing for you to witness to somebody. But as you witness, remember, they may be of some other teaching or some other faith. But you know that what they're following is wrong. Don't go in with guns blazing, trying to totally destroy everything they believe in. Amen. You go in with gentleness and kindness because one of the things you have to understand, if you destroy everything that they believe in and if you destroy everything that they built their faith in, then what are you replacing it with? Hallelujah. If you're not prepared to replace it with the truth of God's word, if you're not prepared to replace it, with the truth of what Christianity presents and a true faith, if you're not ready to replace it, don't destroy everything they're built on. You, first of all, go back to building yourself up in your most holy faith so that when you are compassionately sharing the gospel, when, when you are compassionately witnessing, when you are compassionately helping to restore someone who is struggling or in doubt, when you are doing this compassionately, you can replace it with the truth of God. And as you replace it with the truth of God, we are dealing with the doubts that they have. We're dealing with the, the doubts that false teaching has caused in their life. But we do so compassionately. And then we compassionately deal with the effects of false teaching. Yes, we got to compassionately deal with the effects of false teaching. When you talk about dealing with the effects of false teaching, that means we got to see what they've been exposed to. And then as we see what they're exposed to, we begin to deal with the false teaching that they've been exposed to. We must lovingly and compassionately reclaim those who are lost in false teaching. Again, compassionately and lovingly reclaim those who are lost in false teaching. Our goal is not to win the verbal battle or to show ourselves to be superior. Our job is to reclaim a lost soul. That they no longer will continue in the false teaching. And as we said on last week, one of the dangers that is causing the church to be a monster is that we've got too many people that are sharing teachings that are false and don't line up with the word of God. And they're causing division within the body of Christ. And because they have caused that division in the body of Christ, you got some people over here. It goes back to what they said. Some follow Paul. Some follow Apollos. But I follow this. We've got to get back to where everybody is sharing the truth. Yes, it was a challenge even back in Jesus' day. It's a challenge in Jews' day. But we've got to come to the place that we're going to be on the side of truth. That we're going to be on the side that presents truth. We're going to be on the side that teaches truth. We're going to be on the side that preaches truth. We're going to be on the side that lives truth. And if we're doing that, then we're not going to be misleading people, but we'll be sticking true to the word of God. Our goal, is again, is not to win verbal battles, but to win souls for the kingdom. We are warning them about God's judgment of eternal doom. We are warning them about God's judgment. But false teachers couldn't care less about a soul. Hallelujah. They couldn't care less about what they teach, where it leads a person. A lot of the teaching that if we followed it, it will leave us destitute and on our way to hell. 
But if we follow the true teachings of God, that means I've got to expose myself to the truth. I've got to know truth when I hear it. But I got to again, go back to building myself up in the most holy faith and praying in the spirit. And when I pray in the spirit and I obey the law of God, I obey the word of God by keeping myself in the love of God. And then as I look in expectation, I find myself wanting to hear the truth of God's word. I find myself discerning by the power of the Holy Spirit, whether a word is true or not, or whether this is a false teacher or not. And if I find myself in the midst of a false teacher, I know to reject that teaching. Amen. But a lot of the false teaching is centered around self selfishness. If you think about that, it's all about me. How we can do this. We can't do nothing without God. We can't do anything without God. I'm going to say it one more time for the people in the back. We can't do anything without God. Amen. Amen. If God is not in our lives, we are in trouble. Amen. And a lot of the false teaching will leave God out of our lives. They're no more than self-help sermons. They're no more than self-help books. If we're reading their books, that's all about us and nothing about God. We've got to make sure that we are promoting the one thing in people's lives that will change their lives and make it better. And that is God Almighty. The Holy Spirit is the only thing that will change somebody's life. We can't change our own lives because some of us have tried. Some of us have tried to be better people. How did that work out? Some of us have tried to stop cussing. How did that work out? Some of us have tried to stop drinking. How did that work out? Some of us have tried to stop smoking. How did that work out? But if we include the power of the Holy Spirit and we begin to let the Holy Spirit work on us, then the Holy Spirit can give us a power that we've never had before. The Holy Spirit can give us that, that extra thing that we needed to get over the hump, to get rid of some of the habits that we have in our life. But if we are dependent upon ourselves, because the false teachers are leading us to depend upon self and not the power of God, we've got to understand that God wants us to live a life that is pleasing unto him. And in obedience to him and in obedience to his word. And that only comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then we have to understand this. We have to compassionately watch and deal with sin. Amen. Compassionately watch and deal with sin. The ending of verse 23 says, but do so with great caution. Hating the sins that contaminate their lives. This is what many of us get that understanding. Hate the sin, but love the sinner. Hate the sin, but love the sinner. Finally, Jude has given us a warning uh, and an exhortation. He's given us the warning about sin. He's given us the warning about showing mercy. And he helps and wants us to know that we got to show mercy to others that are on their way to hell. We got to show mercy to those who are caught up in sin. He said we've got to show mercy and be compassionate and show them mercy. But he's also exhorting us to be watchful and careful because even though we are attempting to Help somebody that may be in sin, that help somebody that, that may not know how to get out of the situation. We may be helping them, but at the same time, we got to watch so that we don't get contaminated ourselves. Hallelujah. Amen. There have been people who have tried to go in and witness to somebody in certain situations. 
whether it be the drug uh, uh, drug addiction or some other thing, you tried to go in and witness and be a witness, but you weren't strong enough for that because you didn't take the time to build yourself up in your most holy faith, to pray in the spirit, to live in the love of God and to live in expectation, to build yourself up in your most holy faith. And you tried to go back in a weak state and witness to somebody and you only got pulled in to the sin. Amen. Amen. We've got to be careful not to get pulled into the sin. But at the same time, he's telling us to do be careful about the sin that you are seeing in people. And we can sometimes look at people in their sins and we start judging them. Amen. We start judging them and we start looking at them with discontent and we start acting like we don't need to be a part of them. And sometimes we let the, the dirtiness of the situation keep us from witnessing. Amen. Sometimes in order for people to get out of the pit, somebody's got to get in the pit with them. And if we get in the pit with them and if we help them out of the pit because we get in the pit with them, you may get a little dirty. Amen. And then you may get a little dirty while you're in the pit trying to help them to get out of the pit. But you're doing so by the power of the Holy Spirit. And as we are doing so by the power of the Holy Spirit. And as you're helping this person to try to climb out of the muck and the mire that they're in, you're doing so because God has given you the responsibility. He's given you the leading and the unction of the Holy Spirit to help this person. And as you do so under the power of the Holy Spirit and you're helping that person to come out of that sin, you're helping that person. You're witnessing to that person to help them be delivered from the sin that they're in by leading them, first of all, maybe to a relationship with Jesus Christ. And as you lead them to a relationship with Jesus Christ, then you can come alongside them and help disciple them so that they can grow in the faith. But we got to learn to stop looking at people that are lost as if they got the plague. Amen. Amen. We look at lost people like they got the plague, like like if I get close to them, then then, then I'm going to die. If you don't get close to them, they're going to die. Amen. But we got to learn to trust and believe God. We got to learn to let the Holy Spirit have his way in our life and that he might help us. And, we, and if we don't do that, then we will find ourselves not doing what God has called us to do. And that is to go ye therefore into all of the world, teaching and preaching and baptizing them in the name of the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ. And if we don't do that, then we're not doing what God has called us to do. Can we look and go beyond the sin to see the soul that is in need? Can we look beyond the sin to see that there's a hurting heart there? There's, there's a hurting soul there. There's somebody that's on their way to hell. Can we look beyond the sin to see that there's somebody in desperate need? Yes, it's true that we got to hate the sin, but love the sinner. I don't like what you do, but I love you enough to tell you the truth. I don't like what you do, but I love you enough to witness to you. I don't like what you do, but I love you enough to bend down in this gutter with you to try to witness to you. I don't like what you do, but I'm willing to get in the dirt with you so that I can one day hopefully help lift you up. I don't like, like what you do, but I love you. And I love you because God loves you. But when we think about that love, it was enough for us. It was enough for us that God loved us. 
It was enough for us that God gave his only begotten son because he loved us. It was enough for us. And because it was enough for us, then it ought to be enough for us to share with somebody else. Because it was enough for us, it ought to be enough for us to share with somebody else the love that God has given to us. Love them enough to lead them from error to truth. Love them enough to correct them in the, com with compassion. Love them enough to witness to them. Every time you see somebody that's going through, every time you see somebody that's struggling, maybe they just need a little love. Maybe they just need to feel the love of Christ. Maybe they need to feel a word coming into their life. Maybe they need to feel somebody that comes along and speaks a word in their ear that helps them to know that somebody cares about me. There are a lot of people that are lost in this world that feel like nobody cares about them because nobody's willing to, to share mercy with them. Nobody's willing to share the love of God with them. But are we willing to be merciful? Are we willing to share the love of God? Are we willing to be compassionate and talk to them? Are we willing to be compassionate and put your arms around? They may smell a little bit, but that's all right. Just wrap your arms around and say, the Lord loves you and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are we willing to do those things? See, every soul matters with God. The question is, does every soul matter with us? Love them enough to care about the condition of their soul. Some are struggling with doubt and some have been captured by the deception of false teachers and some are simply wallowing in sin. Yes, though they might be wallowing in sin. Are we willing to get down in the sin and the muck and the mire to help bring them out? Are we willing to come alongside them and share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ? But before you get involved in the work make sure that you're building yourself up in the most holy faith make sure that you're praying in the spirit so that you have spirit power as you go out to witness make sure that you're living in the love of God that you're walking in obedience to the word of God and make sure that you're living a life that's living in expectation in other words you've got eternity in mind and as you do so go forth out into the world witnessing and sharing the gospel the good news go forth into the world calling those out of doubt and calling them into truth. Go out into the world calling those people who are struggling by the teachings of false teachers and explain the truth to them and show them what God really has said. And go out into the world and get those who are wallowing in sin and bring them in so that God can clean them up. So that God can make their life righteous. So that God can make their life whole again. Go into the kingdom of God and pull folks out of this dying world and into the kingdom of God. Go out into this world and share the good news. Go out into the world and be willing to see the souls that are in need out there. Go out into the world and begin to call forth those who are willing to hear the good news of Christ. We will then monster proof the ministry because it will all be about Jesus Christ and our heavenly father. It will all be about doing the glorious work of the kingdom. We become a monster when we operate from human compassion, when we cause division in the church and we operate from a worldly mindset, when we understand if we nurture ourselves in the word of God and grow and build ourselves up. And if we show compassion to others, then we're on our way to master proofing the ministry and being exactly that a ministry, a ministry that loves the people. A ministry that cares for the souls. A ministry that is about the upbuilding of the kingdom of God. Because that's what the church is supposed to be about. The uplifting of the people and the uplifting of the kingdom of God. And when the people are lifted up and the kingdom of God is lifted up, we would have a much glorious world to live in. 
But when we don't lift up the people and we allow people to stay in their sins and we allow them to go about without witnessing to them. And when we don't be the church that we're supposed to be or the ministry that we're supposed to be. Don't be surprised if the world goes continues to get worse and worse. We talk about taking the guns out and we talk about doing all kinds of things in schools and in our communities, creating new laws. What if we simply followed the rule of God? What if we simply as Christians did what Christians are supposed to do? Amen. I pray that that word touched you. I pray that that word blessed you. Most of all, I pray that that word encouraged you to go out and witness for Christ. Well, before you start going out to witness for Christ, let's start. Do you have a relationship with God? If your answer is no, we can resolve that problem right now. Why don't you pray this prayer with me? Father, I come to you and I admit and I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I admit, oh God, that I have not lived up to your standard. I admit, Father, that I've allowed myself to walk in sin and against your will. But God, I want to walk with you. I want to walk according to your will. I want to walk in love and harmony with you. I want a relationship with you, God. So I pray now, God, for you to save me. Save me from my sins. Save me, O oh God, from the life that I've been living. And then, Father, I pray that you would fill me with the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit, that I might serve and work in your ministry, that I might serve, O oh God, your glorious will. Father, I pray that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit, that you might use me for service in your kingdom. Father, I thank you. I bless you. I accept your son, Jesus Christ, as Lord and Savior. And again, Father, I ask you to fill me with the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit. Equip me to be of service to your kingdom. Father, I bless you and I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, why don't you drop us a line at wesleyonmain at yahoo.com. That's wesleyonmain at yahoo.com. And let us know you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Maybe you just need a word of prayer. You can reach us at that same email address and just drop us your prayer request. And we'll be more than happy to pray with you to bombard heaven's door on your behalf. So drop us a line whether you've accepted salvation or whether you just have a prayer request that you'd like us to be praying and agreeing with you. We just pray again that you enjoyed that message and that God blessed you through it and that he stirred you. Now let's go out and witness. Let's go out and win souls for the kingdom. Let's go out and do the ministry that God has called us to do. Until next time, God bless. <laughs>